Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, they'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. We're We're your hosts. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. And now, on with the show. Our guest today is known as the Queen of Print. She has a background in interior design and styling and started her brand in 1993, Kath Kitson. Um, They're known for their Finchens-inspired prints and homewares. And then in 2017, you stepped down and uh, started a creative design studio called Joy of Print, which specializes in designing prints for interiors and fashion. And you also, your busy lady, just published a new book, A Place to Call Home, and we are thrilled to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. Ah, oh, thank you for inviting me along. You it's sure have done a lot, Kath. <laughs> yeah, you've been busy. <laughs> Quite busy. <laughs> little bits and pieces, odd things going on. Well, tell us a little bit about you and your journey. But I, I started off um, playing shop as a kid, one of those kids who made the stall in the street and flagged mm-hmm. people down and sold my mum's stall cupboard, you know. <laughs> I began retail early and then um, my family were very into houses and decorating and design and I had a very English country childhood, lots of chintz and flowers and all of that. Mm. And um, eventually in my 20s, I went to work for, there's a very well-known designer here called Nikki Haslam, Nicholas Haslam, mm-hmm. who does beautiful work. And I was lucky to go and train with Nikki. And then from that, I started my own interior studio, which I ran and had a store and did all of that for quite a long time. And then I began my kind of eponymous brand, Kath Kidston, um, which was in 1993, it's a long time ago now, with a tiny shop and I filled it with thrift shop stuff and I was crazy about collecting all these vintage fabrics. And I put like my mum's old, curtain you know fabric on ironing board covers and i was using all these things crazy ways and it kind of took off from one shop to it was a really mad journey but really fun eventually by the time i left i think there were over 250 stores and we sold like all over the place not so much in america actually but a lot in asia europe across the uk and so on and so I had an amazing journey with that. And I kind of migrated from working, starting with interiors, with fabrics and wallpapers and things, into products like, you know, anything from clothing to bags to home to, to you know, dinnerware and all sorts. And by the time I left in 2014, I kind of, gosh, I don't know how we designed so many different products. Tents, radios. <laughs> you did it all. I mean, yeah, it was so much fun. But mainly known, the bit, the company was mainly known for print. And the thing I feel is in my DNA and that I love is print, antique fabrics, patterns, all sorts of things. And so my new studio is much more slow paced. And we do a lot of work again by hand. Whereas when you're in a big commercial company, it's a lot of computer work and everything. So now a lot of hand-drawn fabrics and wallpapers and things, and I'm just about to launch 
some wallpapers actually, which is quite exciting. And I kind of feel I've gone back to my roots, back into interiors and away from fashion. And sort of just as in career, I'm always interested in both, but I love designing and working with interiors. And so I bought the book out, A Place Called Home, just as lockdown as, as COVID hit, actually. But it's um, it was really a story of my journey in, in my home and all the stuff I brought with me and what I kept, what I threw out, how I built the home, the house, the way it is. And it's really a tale about the book, you know, about, about my life. I really love the book because I feel like it's how everyone, how we should all think about moving into a new house. You know, you had all these items, um, from family members and that you'd collected over the years and you really go through room by room situation by situation and explain you know things that you already had why you kept them where you put them how you added to the room to you know balance out you know the the various challenges in the house it was just such a um i just loved how it really gave everyone you know, really give the reader insight into the decisions you're making and how um, how we can really, you know, not everyone has the ability to buy a new house and get rid of all their things and start over. And we don't want to do that. We like our things. But um, you sort of made me fall in love again with all of those antique treasures and showed how to use them in fresh ways. And um, so I just loved that about your book. Can you tell everyone a little bit about the sort of background of the house itself, Paradise? Uh, because that's certainly a big part of it. Of course. I mean, it's true. My house is full of treasures, some of which came from my parents, my brother, my aunt, you name it. You know, I have a lot of antiques. And I live in a house that was built in 1680. It's a really old house and it's quite rambling. It's um, And it's quite a lot of rooms to fill. So that helped me kind of think I have to use some of my things. If I was moving into an apartment, I'd probably want to start everything new. So, I mean, each house is different, isn't it, how you approach it? But this house, which is a real family home, um, it's in Gloucestershire in the English countryside. And it's got these lovely old rooms. And the reason we bought it is I fell in love with the fact that there was a stone fire, you know, the fireplaces, the old floors, all the character of the house was still there. But it, and it was easy to kind of to move in without feeling I had to take a lot of someone else's decoration out. Um, I think it's very nice to use certain things with sentimental value. I love the I love being surrounded by memories and bits and pieces, but I also love a bit of modern and a bit of you know, someone described it to me the other day as the grit in the pearl. I don't want a pastiche of my grandmother's house. And I like a few modern bits. I love, um, I have a lot of old furniture from my mum and dad, brown furniture, which is maybe not so fashionable. But for example, I've made a big drinks table with a brown table and put a blue modern glass top on it. So it kind of has taken on a life of its own like that. And I've got collected over the last 20 years or so quite a lot of abstract contemporary art and it's quite kind of curious how to mix that with old things but I think you really can if you concentrate on things like color and 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 I I'm quite a sort of um busy-minded person (laughs) I'm always thinking of shall I do this or that so I have to organize myself and now we have all these amazing online tools for you know 
Pinterest or whatever, and, and making boards and gathering things. So I think the starting point with the house was my husband was really kind. He photographed everything we owned before the removal guys came. And, you know, it was a genius thing to do. I'd never move again without doing that. And some things I thought I wouldn't keep or, I, th you know, we sold some stuff to buy new and kept. We kept probably about three quarters of our things. There's a bit, you know, how it is. Some things I'm still deciding are sitting in the garage. What do I do next? But he photographed everything and I could really work, work make a plan from that. So I think what was important cost-wise and for, you know, the budget was to try and put things into places and make a sense of what I had and where I would start again. And so my living room, I had these beautiful old Dutch oil paintings from my parents and they fitted just perfectly either side of the fireplace. So I knew the rest of the room I'd build from that. And then, you know, there's a few things I, I didn't want to lose. I mean, my stairway, we have this big hall and I was quite intimidated because I've never lived in a house with a big hall like that before. Quite grand. And I thought, do I need one huge painting on the wall? And I don't have anything like that. And what do I do? So I put a lot of pictures on the wall instead and did a picture gallery. And it really makes me feel kind of that the house is cozier and more friendly. But then I had a, like, for example, I needed a huge lantern. And I couldn't afford the lantern I wanted. You know, I need a lantern that's like four foot high or something. And so I went online and I bought those big paper lanterns that you open up. And I hung three of them on a rope on a red cord. And do you know what? I wouldn't swap them for the world because it just gives a feeling of relaxed and sort of it's the right proportion. But also it's so satisfying. It was like 10 bucks, whatever it was. To do. <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah. And to your point, the scale mm -hmm. looks so fantastic that you, you hit it on, yeah. you know, perfectly. <laughs> and it's not at all what I would expect when you like walk into a traditional hall like that and look up you certainly are not expecting to see those paper lanterns, which makes it so fun. I think it's nice, don't you, having those odd touches in a home that are a bit of surprise, whatever way you do it. And it doesn't need to be humor. It's just, it's just the tiny little bits of unexpected pops of color, different lighting. It can be, you can do it in so many ways, can't you? But it's just those cheeky things where obviously someone's really paid attention and thought something through. You know, we had our, whole, our entrance hall is quite serious because I had it's quite a dark room. It faces north and it has this big fireplace. And it's uh, and I had some early paintings for my aunt, who, which are very serious Dutch portraits. And they're rather beautiful, but they're quite serious. And so one one holiday Christmas holiday time we had Do you have those paper crackers, you know, the paper hats that people wear. So this guy, this beautiful portrait, but the man is very bald. He's like he's got a really high forehead. And so my brother and I were playing around and we pinned a paper hat with um, just tack onto the portrait and it stayed. And I have to replace it. Every few years it fades and I put a new one out. But it totally <laughs> makes the entrance all feel relaxed. And my, the most important thing for me for home, I want it to be really beautiful and I want it to be kind of special, but I want people to feel relaxed and comfortable and, and not on, you know, I don't want it to be formal for me. Mm -hmm. So it's those twists, isn't it? That's really, I think we can do them with so many things in so many it is, ways. 
your unexpected touches really just make the home and the book so great mm-hmm. to come through. And it's so practical, which I loved. You know, I, I think just um, your your brand seems so whimsical and playful, and it is. And so I loved how you really catalog in the book, you know, how practical you are thinking about the rooms. You know, well, you, you do seem to love geraniums. That's obviously I love floral. Prints, I feel like they're in every room. One of those things I wouldn't really put it everywhere. And I think mm-hmm. I've gone on most of the kind of the flowers and the prints and things upstairs in the bedrooms. Uh, the one thing I love doing downstairs where I've got slightly, I mean, colorful rooms or a bit plainer. I love bringing flowers and plants into the house and bringing color and flowers that way. But I kind mm-hmm. of feel nice to pace things a bit. I mean, yeah. it's, well, it, you, you do it seem to love cool. geraniums. That's yeah, the top of your list is a geranium. <laughs> I feel like they're I'm in every of, room. I know they are. It's because I have, I, I built a greenhouse here. And I began to grow them, and it became a bit of an obsession. <laughs> but my target at the moment is I want to try and have something flowering in the garden all year round. And so there's always something that I can bring, even a little posy to put by the bed. And I hate the house without plants in it. So, yeah, lots what of geraniums. Do you, what do you get to bloom in the winter? Well, I guess camellias. Well, yeah, I've got winter jasmine, like yellow yellow jasmine just flowering the garden. And then we do a lot. Do you have um, these white um, daffodils called paper whites? Mm-hmm. Yes, They're yes. They're so yeah. beautiful. So I'll do – I'm planting – I've now – I've kept one cupboard under my stairs, which is lined in newspaper, and I use it every autumn to put the bowls of bulbs. And I have – do you know amaryllis? Do you have amaryllis yes, there? yes. Yeah, yeah, so I've got them going on, hyacinth, amaryllis, all of that. Um, right now, I have chrysanthemums, in, which aren't very fashionable here. My grandmother would have them, and they felt a bit, like, old. And now <laughs> they've, made, they've designed some great colors. Um, I feel like we in. only have chrysanthemums in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we everyone do. brings them yeah. out for Thanksgiving and Halloween here. Yeah. Our mums. Yeah. Yeah, but we've now got, I've just grown some pink ones and, Ooh. you know, they aren't all those bronze colors. There's, you know, they're not just Halloween. No, I wanted to talk about your deft use of color in the house uh, because the palettes that you use and you say over and over, oh, my go-to palette of blue and yellow and pink or something like that. Um, <laughs> red. Right, which I would be like, what? Um, but it's so <laughs> fabulous throughout. Could talk a little bit about how you make such strong color work together and it doesn't feel like a circus. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think most of the rooms where I have got color, I, I might have, actually it's true, I have got blue, red, and yellow. <laughs> I, I kind of feel if I put blue and red together, it's a bit too, slightly. they can be quite cold. And so a little bit of yellow warms the whole thing up and it balances it somehow. It's hard to explain. So I've got one room, one guest room, which is orange and pink and yellow, but the walls are very plain. They're just like the color of lining paper, you know, your under paper kind of thing. I don't know if you have the same, but it's like a creamy paper that you put up first if you're preparing a room. And so it has very neutral things next to those bright colors. And it can be, I mean, my bedroom, I have a very soft yellow with a pale blue and, and then little hints of red. 
And so it's a bit lighter when I have a pale chintz in there. Whereas our television room, it's left from our old house. I had this bright rug, which is, it is those colors, red, blue, green, yellow. I love that rug. And so the room was created around that. And I had a lot of stuff from our old house. I didn't want to lose because I tell you why people are very, they're really drawn to that room and it's very comfortable and easy. And it's where kids hang out, we watch TV. It needed to be relaxed. And the walls are white in there. So it kind of anchors everything, just having these plain white walls with the colors. Mm-hmm. And I like it like that. You know, it's a light room and it can take a bit of color. Whereas in my dining room, which has got bigger paintings and a big table and I lay it with silver and can make it really formal and beautiful when I want. I have these very traditional, um, like early English chairs, but they're painted bright red and they have red leather seats and they're absolutely classic antique style. But the bright red, I love it because it just lifts the rest of the room. And then I maybe put flowers on the table, but I use a lot of white in there when I do the table and keep it very, you know. So, I mean, if, it, if it's an informal lunch, I might use a pattern cloth and colored china. But normally I make it beautiful white tableware and white napkins and linen. And it can look fabulous with just that bit of red so it doesn't feel too serious. Yeah. But it's about trying things. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say that bright red rug you have in your television room is the one, correct me if I'm wrong, that you convinced your, at the time, client, now husband, to purchase <laughs> for the, when he you were designing his it. home for him, right? And you said it took <laughs> some convincing. It's great. So is, it? I met, that's how you met your husband, huh? I know. I met my husband when I was doing my design work, when I was an interior designer, and he was this um, – producer in the music business very cool you know so um i did the house up for a bachelor and it was so chic <laughs> and smart in a bachelor's house and by a strange quirk of fate i ended up <laughs> living there three years later and i think what am i gonna do i can't live in this place but i knew how much i charged him to do the house up <laughs> so we stayed for a while and i lived in a very masculine house for a while and then luckily we both decided we should move house <laughs> it's great, isn't it? That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you nice can't story. get rid of that rug now because it has no, such a good story. He now likes it. He's just he just sent it off. He said, "Oh, the rug is looking a bit tired. I'm gonna. I know someone who will mend it." He sent it to have its huge restoration job. So he obviously likes it now. That great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, it was a good pick, yeah. Ben. And well, I love I that you speak. So. You speak to that in the book too it's about you know you come into this beautiful new home and you you have to edit with everything that you, he brought to the table, you brought to the table and yeah. that you've, you know, how to even start that process. I mean, mm-hmm. merge I, those worlds. I think it's a problem we all have. If we move, if we, if we like buying, if we like our interiors and our bits, we've collected things we're really fond of. I mean, it's really hard because they, when you move, things divide into two different things. Some things, will look completely different and wonderful in a new position, in a new house. And other things that you might have loved in your old house, you have to think of letting go of. And it's really hard. And it's like being very detached. I mean, some things, yes, you have a sentimental thing that there's a reason to actually make them work. I mean, my sister has all her little ornaments that she's had since she was a young child. You know, when you buy the little glass dog and the this and all the stuff that 
I threw out over the ages because I thought, oh my God, that's hideous that I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but actually, she's put it into a cabinet and she painted the cabinet. It's a white cabinet and she's painted a yellow interior and it's like an installation in a museum. And it's all these curious things from her life and it looks amazing. But if you had it out on a side table, it would be gross. Right. And so I think right. it can be really, it's really interesting. And, you know, like kids' rooms, all their favorite first things they make. And maybe you put them behind glass in a cabinet and it looks fantastic. And it's kind of a cool history. And I think, you know, it's sometimes nice to have a home that has everything new and you can move into a, an apartment and make it look fabulous with new things and it's suitable for that place. But sometimes if you're making a sort of bigger family home, it's nice in a way to include the memories. Yeah, yeah, agree. You know, what do you do with kids' drawings? I mean, you can, you know, sometimes they look amazing framed with cool frames. Other times you keep them in the drawer. But you have to, you have to <laughs> kind of think eventually, not right away. Right. <laughs> you have to sort of think about, I think, and to me, the way that I was able to sort through those things was by photographing everything and then arranging it into my rooms on my computer and then trying it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. They're really practical. And there's certain things like a rug. If you're going to keep a rug, you kind of need to design the room so the rug fits it. Otherwise, you can't work it backwards. So you make the key decisions in the rooms. And obviously, you have to then step back, step back and make sure each room connects beautifully. And so it's not just about the individual room, but the flow and the atmosphere. But you can see that from boards if you build the boards, I, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I just think that's such a great tip that everyone should follow the photographing your items and probably writing down measurements in case you're. Of course, uh, actually, yes. That's, <laughs> really, that's a really important point and really necessary. It, it, honestly, it's such a, it doesn't take long and it's an amazing thing to do. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I imagine too, yeah. didn't you mention that you um, and your husband actually lived in the guest house for a little while while you were renovating? And yes, so if all of your things are in storage, you've forgotten right. what you have. Yeah, so I know. I mean, I think also the other thing is when we moved into the house, I, I put all the key things into the rooms. I got it how I kind of planned it. And then it was Christmas, it was holiday, I was exhausted. <laughs> and then I needed to leave it for a while, like six months, not leave it entirely, but kind of let it settle and kind of think about what was really working and what wasn't and if I was right. I remember I had the furniture arranged in, in, our, in our sitting room, in our living room. I put a, a couch across the middle of the room opposite the fireplace thinking that would be a really good way to make a long room, divide it up, put a table behind and everything. And a decorator friend of mine came and he said, oh, you've got this all wrong. And he started moving the furniture around. And I was like, what? I planned that for ages. And he was right. <laughs> he was totally uh -huh. right. And he opened the whole room up. And you have to be open. Once you've started your ideas, you have to be open to where you've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Quite tricky, I think. But we all make mistakes. Uh, well, like, you okay. talked about that in the book, which I thought was so, first of all, I think the way that the book, the voice of the book to me is so approachable and so personal that it was such a joy to hear a real person talk about 
their real, I wouldn't say struggle, but, you know, process and home and the things that you got wrong. Like you put green, I think some olive green carpet in one of the bedrooms. And you're like, this wasn't right. Had to rip it out, pull that bandaid off and put down, you know, a creamy um, wool carpet. And and even um, some of the things you still haven't finished and figured out, like your master bedroom, you were talking about the bed and you're like, I started with this, then I changed to this, trying this, but I really think I want this, but I don't have it yet. (laughs) I didn't have it decided. (laughs) Right? But that idea that the process is so nice. It's so reassuring to others who don't have it quite right yet. I think it's fun. I think it's, I think it's, and I think doing it in that way, you have to kind of make the home comfortable enough, you know, I need to think of my husband, my stepdaughter, family. you know, you have to get a place into a practical state, don't you? And then I think that people should be easy on themselves, how they make decisions. You know, interiors are great, but very expensive to do on the whole. You know, it's a big investment, isn't it? So it's worth doing things in stages. And I kind of try things like if I'm going to put like a, a colors, like we're talking about the blue, red, and yellow, I'll probably go and find something like a red dishcloth and hang it up in the room and think, oh, does that color work? You know, whatever. Oh, I'm always playing, just thinking about, you know, hardback books are great. The old fashioned books with the cloth, the colors are amazing for trying colors. Oh, that's so smart. That's, they're great, that's actually. Smart. You were we saying haven't. in your book, oh. you were saying that you you love a bookshelf and I know you love books. And I was thinking to myself, I hate a bookshelf because I'm so nervous. I have to like make it look good. And I just loved how you spoke to it um, and bring it. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think books are great decoration as well as being as well as I'm addicted to buying books I love that I never have too many books and about where I've moved into my studio um with the virus and everything I've taken over this room at home I'm going to put bookshelves up next I just I need all my references <laughs> in my bit somewhere and then I feel all right and I think you know they don't need to be too arranged they can well they can be as well but it's nice just to think of them as extra color you could have a very plain room and put books in and it makes it feel very warm. Mm-hmm. We haven't really touched much on pattern, because, but you are the queen <laughs> of pattern, so we have to. And I, well, I really love the way you use wallpaper because you use it a lot. And in some cases, it was very, very subtle. And you have all this art and other prints on top of it. So maybe kind of walk us through, you know, your favorite wallpapers and sort of how you think about them and why you might use them in the room in one room and not in another. Absolutely. I, I don't know why I have a thing about wallpaper. I love the technique. I used to love going to the wallpaper factories and seeing it being done. I mean, our house, we have an attic top floor and it kind of with the sloping ceilings and things, and it felt like a really natural way to decorate it with put papers up and do things. And so I've got everything from little tiny geometrics to one wallpaper which has little budgerigar birds on it in the passage, which is crazy, but that's really for kids. It's like, it's one area. I did it just for the, for, I wanted children to have memories of the house. I think when I was young, we had some wallpaper when I was a kid. I, I have a very good memory for pattern and print. I can't remember numbers, and that, but I remember the prints from my childhood. And so obviously I was inspired by all of that. But it's, I think, I kind of, having done the house where I put pattern wallpaper and then some print on the beds, I think some of it I'm going to change now. 
so weird, isn't it? I'm going to actually, I, I had, I thought I quite liked the mix and I think I want it a little bit calmer. Maybe it's the period we're going through at the moment. I might paint a room, but I do like mixing. Like I like mi mixing cushions and stuff like that. And sometimes they're happy accidents of things I've had. It's very hard to design them as an eclectic mix. But I think the odd thing that looks like it doesn't quite match can work really nicely. But it's it really is trial and error that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, well, talk about... Um, there were a few instances when you did use a very subtle sort of small uh, print. And it, in some, there, when there's one in particular that I'm thinking of, and it was even sort of a tone-on-tone -tone color. So I guess I'm was hoping you could kind of explain to people why you're using a print when it's so small and very subtle instead of a wall color. Like what, why do, why does someone need to use a wallpaper there? You know, I when it is, it adds, I think it adds a layer and it, it, it kind of adds a layer and it adds something kind of a little bit of character where you've got it. You can they're never so subtle that you don't see. There's some patterns. I've got, actually, it's not true. In my bedroom, I wallpapered it blue rather than painted it because the wallpaper has a very hand-painted feel to it and you can't get that color flat. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. You know, there's something, uh -huh. it's a bit uh -huh. like old stuff. You get the color by, and it's a very, very simple. We have a brand here called Farrow and Ball. I think you probably have Farrow and Ball, and they do the yeah. striae. And it was an old, it's an old-fashioned thing. There was a very famous decorator in, in England called John Fowler, and they always painted the rooms with the hand-painted walls. And now it's very hard to get people to do that. But those subtle papers, they really create color. And some of the little block papers just give a nice texture. It's a different feel from having flat paint. You know. And a lot of the um, wallpapers that you have in your home, um, you designed yourself. I don't know if every one of them, but I, I you know, quite a few. Yeah, you told the story of like this yeah. was like a the edge of a tablecloth that I had, and I shrunk <laughs> it or I blew it up, and I had my friend digitally printed on wallpaper for me. Um, there, exactly. I feel like there are so many options out there for wallpaper, but there wasn't mm -hmm. quite the perfect one for you, huh? <laughs> I know. It's like the the thing is now it's so tempting with digital. You can make anything you want. You know, mm -hmm. anybody can just scan and do, and it's so much fun. And I wanted something that I did. it. That was a tiny trellis pattern that I did from the tablecloth. And it has a slightly rough hand block feel. And I just like the way it just gave some character to the wall without too much. Yeah. Now there are, I've got more wallpaper than I have fabric, actually, for things. I think for my bedding, like most of my bedding, I have white, like white linen. I love plain linen. But then I've been collecting these old printed. Um, I love this company, Portolt, who make the most beautiful bed linen. And it's outrageously expensive because it's like been around forever. And now and then I buy the little pillowcases. They have to sale. I'd go and like, I collect a bit more Portolt. I've got my cupboard of portal pillows. And so like <laughs> one, one guest room, I have like these two beautiful pillows from them, which were designed by Matisse. And they're, they're the coral patterns by Matisse. And then he did beautiful flowers and hearts and bits. But the little travel pillow, the small kind of boudoir pillows and things, I like a bit of print there. So it's like bringing print in, but layering it up and all of that. Mm-hmm. 
Now, in a house like that, which, like you're saying the word layered, it is very layered. And you even say in there, you know, like, it's a little bit like a junk shop. Like, I have a lot of stuff in here. It's, you know, reflects a lot of things in my life. Um, but then you talk a little bit about how, how you must restrain yourself in a few rooms where you remind yourself, all right, I don't want this to get too cluttered. Your kitchen is one, I recall. Your master bath is one that I remember you talking about that. How do you know when enough is enough? That was a long way to get to that question, wasn't it? <laughs> How do I know? Gosh, do I know? Actually, I think I do because I don't, I don't, I like, although I love all this color and pattern of prints and flowers and stuff we're talking about, I actually like that, that to be a slightly organized feeling and a sense of calm. And I'm quite a tidy person. And so I like a slight, I don't like to feel claustrophobic in a house. And so I like a feeling of space as well, a feeling of warmth and friendliness, but a feeling of space and calm. So is that possible? I don't know. But that's <laughs> what I would aim for. And I think some of it's about not putting, if I have groups of things, trying to keep them in in a sort of arranged formula or something and, and, and just stopping myself putting too much stuff out and things. I was going to say, and I loved that master bath that you were like, I wanted to blow my bath. So I basically just walked around my house and picked up everything that I could find <laughs> that was turquoise or navy, brought it in mm -hmm. here and made it work. But you did it. Yeah, it looked too. Grecian. Yes. <laughs> well, that was actually kind of what I was, I was just going to say, like, um, I liked the way you talked about categorizing things um, to your point, because it is so more it's so much more impactful when you group it all as one versus if you were to spread all of that out if you were to spread all that blue and white out across the house you would not even necessarily even notice it but having it all together there's a rug and you know pottery and all the stuff and i even oh i loved um how you said you printed out on just some regular old paper in your studio a print that you designed and you put it on the backs of a little cupboard and I thought just, there was just so many little touches throughout the house like that that were so um you know approachable that anyone could do and so they're great little tips some of that is because I'm very impatient so once I'd had I think I'd started <laughs> the idea of the blue and white on you know on my um boards and everything but then once I got going I had it was like time to go and look around go to the garage dig through the boxes and all these things that is what I was saying earlier stuff I didn't know if I was going to keep or not it's like ah oh, the blue vase that has been in the back of the cupboard that would look nice there and it's like <laughs> so much fun because you just mm -hmm. put it all together and see and I think it, yeah. I think it's I think I love I love making collections of of things in a way so that they have some sort of thread to them. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. There was one of my favorite rooms and it was a color palette that I just thought was so bold and fun. And you had this bright citron yellow headboard, headboard but then you paired it over the, and it was just a very simple silhouette headboard, you know, a little clipped corner, but um, in this, you know, sort of almost neon yellow. And then you put these amazing sort of magenta, antique plates over the top and talk about like the, where did that I color love all combination those colors. yeah the gray the pink you know i've been very lucky to work in interiors a long time now and to and to know little fabrics from the years of the archives of the fabric houses and stuff like that and i've been looking and and looking at houses reading you know home magazines for, for ages and tears of this and that and if you're a color person you remember color combinations 
and that's what we call chartreuse. It's like a sort of slightly acid yellow. It was very popular with a very pale gray. And then I love um, the plates, the luster plates. We had a drink here called Ribena, and it was like Ribena. It's a Ribena pink, which is hard to explain, but it's just like all the stuff that's memories of things. So, for example, that yellow, gray, and pink is great. I mean, that pink and gray, it's very pretty together, but it's a slightly purpley pink, and it works really well. So there, for example, I now I had the old saucers and the plates, and I've got to collect a few more. So it's fun. I can keep looking and adding a few more bits because it needs a tiny bit more color. But that room, I mustn't put too much in. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I thought of Karen when I saw that room. I was like, oh, I think oh, Karen yeah. would love this room. She loves that color. Oh, it was beautiful. Yes, that color combo was everything. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, explain so to me. Sorry, this just occurred to me. Um, what is a car boot sale? Oh yeah, what is a car boot sale? It's, 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 <laughs> we have like people will turn up in like a local sports ground or something or a big car park and they bring their cars and they open up the boot and they lay out a table and it's like, it's, imagine everyone bringing their yard sale to one place. Okay. Wait, so this is the boot, the trunk? Yes. Yeah. Ah, okay. So it's like a kind of different version. I've been to places that I love, used to love going to all, you know, the Rose Bowl and all that stuff in the States. And I've never been to Broomfield. I really want to go there. Oh, no. I would go in yes. New York. I would go in the underground car park on, um, where was it, on 16th or something. But, the, but but this is, it's great because everyone will bring their car, bring out all their stuff. And nowadays, they're not as good as they were. It's more modern <laughs> stuff that's being resold. But there was a time when I first started my store in 93, I bought most of my stock. I was going crazy, buying all these really beautiful things. Um, and so it's literally like a, a giant yard sale. Mm -hmm. It's great. Do they travel but, around or are they always, yeah. oh, it's always, oh, okay. No, that have like, for example, in London, there was one the first Sunday of every month, like okay. the Rose Bowl or whatever it is. You know, there was regular ones. And then now and then they do this thing, which was called a stately home car boot sale which was some big country mansion and very smart people would turn up and of course it was amazing for finding old ah. old treasures you know that had come out of the attic of some castle or something wow yeah. that's amazing yeah. dream. Oh, that, dream that reminds shopping. me you were talking about um the addition the new addition to your home this cracked me up was built in the 18th century <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh, think that was funny. I thought it was. <laughs> the new part. Was, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? England for you. With yes. It's true. We're so, it's true. We're so new time. over here. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, okay. The other thing that I loved, and I know this is sort of, but the um, the bathtub in the bedroom. <laughs> oh, I love the guest room that had the yes. tub. Mm -hmm. The magenta room. So, yeah, but that's no. It's yeah. That's because the the shower room is really small, mm -hmm. and so there's a room with you know you know the the shower and what have you. But then to have, there was a huge bay at the end of the room, and so the, it, you sometimes see rooms like that here. You see it in France yeah. quite a lot. Um, I'm kind of into so that. Did you put that I in? Did, yeah, yeah, you did, right? Oh, okay, okay. I okay. did. But I'm thinking I would, I might put a little screen or something. Sometimes when I show guests, they look 
like horrified. <laughs> I think it looks so romantic. And they have a view out instead of down the beautiful Paradise Valley. That room has a view onto our chickens. <laughs> so you have a bath watching the chickens, which I'm not sure. But it's like it's great because it means that the shower room has quite a lot of space, and everybody mm-hmm. here likes a bath as well as a shower. Ah. Yeah, but the other bathroom I love is I have a room called the fish bathroom. Did you like that? Yes, yes, that nice. very yes. large piece of art. Mm. Oh, yeah. So for listeners, I found I went into this this antique shop, and they had this fish painting, huge fish painting on the wall, which had um, been a theatre backdrop. It was enormous, amazing, of fish underwater. And it sounds hideous, but it was yellow and blue <laughs> and all these incredible colours. And it was sold to an American. <laughs> and luckily, the American was a dealer and they wanted to sell it on and they didn't want to have to pay the transport for it to go back to the States. So after thinking, I missed that beautiful thing. I, I came back with this giant fish tank picture and i did i didn't show my husband because he would really not have liked it until like, you know, you know, <laughs> that. anyway i had it framed and i did the room and the bedroom around it because the colors are like that and so there's this enormous painting over a big old bath that was in the house already and it's kind of a wonderful magical room i think and it's just, and the room is very simple so i have a white floor which i think is just white vinyl floor I have old thin fittings, so they. I wanted the house to look like it's a, because it's such an old place. I didn't want to put in very modern bathroom fittings because I felt I chose a basin like you know suddenly everyone here is buying black taps or whatever she can call for the moment. I feel it will date in five ten years time, so I wanted mm-hmm. it to look like I'd inherited what was there. And, yeah, and then all the smart. I add in my modern paintings and bits, so it doesn't feel like an old place. And so that room was a typical room which was started by one thing, which was the fish painting. And then I did the yellow paper afterwards. I painted the room white. And actually it felt like it needed something like that wallpaper to balance it because the picture was very dominant in the room. I added the yellow trellis wallpaper afterwards. And then the bedroom is a blue. It's blue and red and yellow. (laughs) (laughs) And it has like a white bed head and my Matisse pillows and yellow curtains. And it just, it's the thing is I've done it for so long. I do it intuitively, but actually I have to really organize it and think about it. And I would suggest to everyone, you know, build your boards, build your ideas, then make your decisions. But it's great to have a starting point. Otherwise, I would never make my mind up. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That is hard to just start from nothing. Too many options in the world. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it seems like art, too, and rugs, those are, you kind of have to start there. Like, those are harder to fit in after the fact. I agree. Agreed. I, I totally agree. But I think sometimes art is a very frightening thing for people to buy. Mm-hmm. And so you can put some quite good neutral sets of things or so on if you need and there's you don't want to be waiting and procrastinating because you haven't got the art you know I think one of I see it so often that people won't make decisions and they're frightened to make decisions and somehow you have to make one thing give you the confidence have one thing in a room that'll give you the confidence to start but it's quite dangerous to say buy a couch and not have anything else 
because mm -hmm. the kind of work around and it's a big item that you're not going to make a mistake with. So you kind of want to make sure the couch style will fit the room and prioritize. But I think procrastinating can be a big problem with decorating. And somehow one has to kind of work out a way of actually making a start. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and they're going to be mistakes and that's okay. Yeah. You just pivot, move it to another room, sell it. You know, there's ways to get around try, that. Yeah, but try and make the mistakes the less expensive things like the couch <laughs> or in my case, the carpet, the green carpet, which was so mm -hmm. stupid of me. Really. You know, things well, it like carpet, you better know. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing that I noticed that you did was you traded with a friend, like your kitchen table, I believe. You traded, I know. it's on loan from a friend. She liked your table, you liked her table, so you just swapped them out. I know, wasn't it perfect? It was great. Mm -hmm. We both knew each other's homes when we were kids. She's a really good friend. But you can do that with your friends. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, with, a, with a home that is that old, how did you make that kitchen uh, workable, modern in its in its workings, but still fit into the the look of that house? Gosh, it's, it was. I really felt that room needed to be very plain white. You know, when we arrived, the people had these festoon curtains and the house was so full of clutter when we looked around. And I think that's what frightened me about it being, you know, my stepdaughter was like, oh, it's really dark here. And it's like, <laughs> don't worry, it's going to change, you know, whatever it is. But I think I wanted the room to feel very simple. And I like the idea of like the slate worktops, the black, because it can be traditional or modern. And I've got very traditional units, but I put some quite modern handles. The paintings are all modern, but the fireplace is old, the stone is old, all of that. And then, you know, the, the sort of the way I changed the room most, which I think is great for for a kitchen, is change the tabletop a lot. Mm -hmm. And I have so many different cloths and china and ways to make it look different. And that's the bit that people focus on when they visit. You know, you're sitting and you make the table look great. With in the summer, I have you know lighter colors, and in the winter, I can do like I had a charcoal gray cloth which looked great with the white plates, and you can kind of play around with that and always change it as something comes yeah. in. You know, there's so much around, but I think keeping the kitchen without too many bits out and keeping it simple, it's really nice if you can do that because kitchens have a tendency to get very full of stuff. Mm -hmm. True. Yes. Yeah. Storage, True. you know, storage. I mean, uh, something we haven't talked about, but it's so important is to plan storage and how much can you hide away? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. How much do we need? Lots. How much storage? <laughs> I mean, I reckon you need, you need to kind of even eat up some space for storage. It's worth thinking about it because um, it's like, say you have your kitchen area, you can have your kind of, storage room off it and maybe make the kitchen a bit smaller but have a room where you put all your stuff all your equipment your bits or deep cupboards or something but i think it in any home it's really important if you can have storage you know you if you raise your bed a little higher you can have tremendous storage under the bed there's a there's a million and one ways to create storage once you think about it but it's a really good thing to do when you're at the building stage right Smart. Well, and it seems like too, if you if you know you have storage for all of your things, then and it's going to be closed, you can then play more with the, your pattern and your wallpaper and your prints because you don't have all that visual 
Yeah. Um, so much stuff out. I agree. Yeah. I agree totally. Yeah. It's true. Gosh, it's it's like a big jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's yeah. the fun of it. Best, the best yeah. puzzle, though. The, be- yeah. the best, exactly. It really is. Great. Should we do a decorating dilemma, ladies? Yes. Yeah. We love to answer questions, so. Let's help our listener. Well, I'm going to read it real quick so anyone listening can hear Jordan's dilemma and then you okay. will fix it for us. <laughs> okay. All right. So she writes, she writes, first, I want to say thank you for your podcast. I love listening to y'all every week. You guys really have changed the way my home feels. However, I have just recently purchased a home that I'm totally in love with and I'm starting all over. Ooh. I felt, yeah, which is exciting. So, oh. yes, I fell in love with the outdoor space. Um, as well as the beautiful details on the inside. But I think they forgot the plan part of the floor plan when building this house in the 40s. <laughs> My family is all coming to stay with me over Thanksgiving, and I want a comfortable space to spend rare time all together for our all-in-one holiday celebration. I desperately need help with my living room layout. All the furniture in the room is just hand-me-down thrown in the room for now. I want to replace all the furniture in the room besides the desk, but I don't even know what furniture to look for when no layout seems to work in the room. I love the antique mirror my dad gave me above the mantle, but I'm starting to think that it's going to going to be the only place I'll be able to put my television. I want to keep my main sitting area on the fireplace side of the room. I like being able to hear and see people between the living room, dining room, and kitchen. On the other side of the room, my plan is to keep my desk and add a small chair and ottoman for a little reading nook. So I guess my questions are, one, where do I hang my TV and antique mirror? Two, what kind of furniture do I buy? A couch, chair, sectional, two sofas, toss pillows. Do I use two different rugs, one for each side of the room? Four, should my desk stay where it is? I can't put it in front of the window. Can I, or she says, can I? Window treatments are coming soon. And then she writes, FYI, the rug will be gone or replaced. It's white shag and it's grossing me out. Very bad impulse from all goods. Also, just outside the front door is a sunroom that is almost the size of the living room. Two of the pictures are from standing in the front doorway, looking each way. Thanks so much for taking the time to read my dilemma. So she's right. The way that this is is this room is designed is difficult to design around because you walk in the front door and it is in the center of a long rectangular room in the center of the long wall. And on either side of that uh, door are two sets of windows um, directly across from the door uh, is wall. Then there's it's sort of like niched in a little bit, a little more wall, and then to the right of that is a double wide uh, doorway entryway to it looks like a dining area. On one of the short walls, when you walk in the front door to the right, on that short wall is the fireplace that has her dad's mirror above it. Um, but the 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 door sort of divides this room into two spaces, and so she's like, "What do I do with these two spaces? How do I put a sitting area? Because if you kind of veer to the right." to walk over to the doorway to the dining room, you're kind of really in this other living space and you're gonna knock into furniture and stuff. So we need we need a plan. We need a plan for her. So what I was wondering was, I, I thought I'd start with the easier end 
which is I reckon that the desk should go at the far end away from the fireplace where Jordan was suggesting. But I thought it might be really cool to put it in the middle of the room. Do you see how it comes out there? Because then you could you have a desk coming across from you, you've got your two windows and then the wall without the window, you put the desk across the room and you could have a chair opposite sides to it. So if you're working, you can have someone opposite you chat. You can work and look from the desk, sit, look towards the fireplace and the sitting room area. Um, so I'm thinking if you had the desk there and then I thought maybe under each of those windows, the windows seem to come like just about over a foot down to the floor. You could build two window seats and put bookcases underneath the window seats, make two little two little seats under there and store it and kind of make a nice a nice zone to put, you know, to, without taking up too much space. So it's kind of the office end, but it would look nice to look at. Nice lamp on the desk and so on. Then I wondered about Jordan's father's mirror. That if when you come in the front door, there's that little niche of a wall and the area opposite. There's a kind of before you get to the dining room. And I thought maybe the mirror would look really good on that wall. But if it didn't fit width widthwise, because it looks quite tight, she could turn it the other way up. And it would be really nice to have the long mirror with the reflection. So when you come in, you have that feeling of space and the mirror kind of, you know, whether there's room for a table underneath with a lamp, with the ceiling height, it's hard to tell. But I thought the mirror would really break that middle bit of the room and, and open it up. And then I thought maybe that the, the couch goes on the wall to the right of the front door as you come in, you know, between the the wall Near the, with, the, with the fireplace near it and so on. And you put the TV there over the fireplace. You can always put, you know, a, a friend of mine made a wooden frame the other day with a, with a fabric piece stretched over it. And you can always make the TV like a picture very easily if you want it less of a TV. And then if you made the, if you made the couch, it could be L-shaped but a short L. So when you come in the room, you don't hit the return of the air. It's just, you know, if you have a section couch and you'd have maybe three sections along the long wall and then you put one section so you can put your feet up or extra people can watch TV. And then a stool, there's a little stool there um, and, a chair, and a chair opposite. Oh, so it looks like your sofa is a sectional in your drawing, yes. yeah? Yeah, great little yeah, drawing. We're gonna need nice. So I think a little bit of a little bit of that, and then you put one one rug that end, and another rug the other, and you could put a pair, or you could put different to connect them. It wouldn't matter. But I think it's quite mm -hmm. good to leave no rug in the middle because there's going to be quite a lot of traffic through there. So a rug on either end, in the office yeah. end, and then in the fireplace. Okay. Yeah, I think so. But I really like the idea of the yeah. desk coming out into the room because otherwise, I personally, if I'm sitting looking at a wall and I have windows behind me, I always feel a bit like, you know. It doesn't like, feel good. You're right. It does not good feng shui or yeah. something to have it to your back. It's nice to look yeah. into the space. And you have <laughs> not you can great put nice lighting, lighting on the desk. You've got, this way you could dot <laughs> lamps around the room and make a nice kind of lamp. I think the yeah. lighting being lower level. Is, is usually quite nice to get a good ambiance there. Yeah, I love the idea of um, sort of floating the desk. I feel like that's really um, 
smart. And like you said, then it makes the, the, when you are in the living room, it makes the view when you're looking into the office a lot prettier. And so it almost feels like a little parlor or something. I think so. And I really like the idea of the mirror on that other wall Mm -hmm. as a way of kind of linking the rooms rather than over the desk. I agree. It sort of just mirrors the front door. It's, you know, it's sort of directly in front of the front door. And so even when you were saying if there wasn't room for a table there, but you could put a table in front of the mirror if the mirror went down and dipped below the front of the table. Or even a low table. They definitely fit a low table with a lamp on it. And you could make quite a nice thing of the lamp there. I think that would be so nice there. That would really be beautiful when you walk in as sort of your focal point with flowers mm-hmm. and yeah. light. And yeah, I love that idea. And we've, um, we actually have, well, we have an acrylic table, but you could also do a glass table with like a glass top and just sort of a simple frame. So then at least if it does dip below the top of the table, you can see the bottom of the frame. Yeah. And I think I think behind the couch, it would be really nice place to hang some pictures because otherwise there's I mean, there could be pictures either by the windows, the other end. But it feels like this end by the fireplace needs to feel more kind of bit more pictures and bits. And the, and the office end, you could have like a big plant on the floor in the corner with some height or or a floor lamp or something and make it slightly less cluttered. But this end, I think to make it quite cozy. Because mm-hmm. you've got the fire, the TV, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Love it. What about the wall color? Do we think she should change yeah. the wall color? It's just sort of like a beige tan. Yeah, it so depends what color she wants for her couches, and if she's if she's changing the furniture and things. It's I think it's really hard to advise people without knowing mm-hmm. if it's a north or south facing and the light and the natural feel of it. Don't you? I mean, maybe she should purchase yeah. the rugs first and then decide her colors. Find a rug Great that idea. really feels right, yeah. then find the couch and the colors from that, and it would all fit together. And you could have a really cool feature chair in the corner, couldn't you? The corner opposite the couch, that there's a gap near the fireplace. Yes. I mean, that's Something a great cozy. place to put a really cool chair. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You're going to have to give us that floor plan so we can send it to her and post it on the podcast notes. You'll have to take a picture with your phone. I'm going to do a tidier one. I'll do a tidier one for her. Thank you so much, Kath. Can you tell everyone where to find you, follow you, see all of your things? The um, Instagram is Joy of Print. And so if you follow us at Joy of Print, that would be great. The book I've just done is through Rizzoli called A Place Called Home. At all of that mm-hmm. and so then, good y'all go buy it so good thank you very much yes. and then um rosie well watch this space for the wallpaper and so on the lampshades are on the instagram page you can follow rosie and see and gradually as the wallpapers and stuff come out there'll be more to follow and that's our show you can find all of the show notes on our blog howtodecorate.com slash podcast to send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcastballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.